Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of ClickBang, back on a Tuesday. Sorry for being so uh, off schedule lately. Um, uh, you know, first things first, uh, I know every, you know, I made a mistake in pumping something that I have no control over. And this is, of course, this big five pawns announcement that I thought would have been made weeks ago and uh, still has not been and still will not be tonight. I'm really sorry. This is just something not in my control. It's coming. I don't know if it's a week. I don't know if it's four weeks. I, I don't know. Um, it's a moving target and I got no control over it at all. Listen, when I'm not, I, I was ready a month ago. Um, when the powers that be are ready, believe me, you'll know, you'll hear about it. Uh, I'll be at my spammiest of, of all time, but, uh, I just, uh, I just don't know when it's going to be. Um, I hope soon. Mm. That and 275 will get you on the subway. Um, all right, anyway, I got a bunch of things to talk about tonight. I will be doing uh, just the, what's been happening in the media lately uh, regarding, you know, two issues close to, close to home, close to heart for me, you know, police abuse and uh, obviously vaping. Uh, the, just the, the, the complete the the lies and the and the just complete irresponsibility uh by the media I'll, I'll talk about it in in particular with vaping how it's become profitable easy and fun for these idiots and um it's a little bit different with uh with regard to the police abuse stuff that's been going on uh, we're going to talk about you know two guys getting more press than anybody for politics or bernie sanders and donald trump not in that order um and I just uh, find it very surprising that nobody notices that, um, you know, despite they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're both wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, no, that's not true. They're both the same guy, believe it or not. D despite the fact that it, it would appear that they're more different than could possibly be, it's actually the same exact guy. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, great new event that Kevin's doing up in Connecticut. I'll talk about that just right after the right after the intro music and uh, just a bunch of other nonsense. And uh, yeah, we should be back on schedule for most Tuesdays now because I've ruined everything. I am no longer getting my cock sucked. So you can all, <laughs> you can all look forward to a much more angry, repressed and... Uh, just a, a pissed off me every Tuesday. All right. Welcome to the show. is I want to tell you guys, particularly for all y'all here in the Northeast, uh, you know, Tri-State, tri New York Metro, uh, New England area, there's going to be a great event coming up uh, very soon this month, 
Can you believe it's September? Man, that's something. Anyway, great event coming up. Uh, Kevin, our own Kevin from uh, from VP Live Talk Radio every Sunday night, has uh, had a lot to do with organizing this event, and I want to have him on just to talk a little bit about uh, what the deal is. Hey, you there, Kev? I am here. Hello. Stand by one moment. Try that again, Kev. Hello. Can you hear me? Yep, good enough. Um, hey, thanks for calling in. Um, listen, I was gonna, I was gonna just do this on my own, and then you know, I, I went to you know get the link or whatever for uh, for people to find out information, and I realized that I don't know enough about this to talk about it. Um, so just give us the what's the story? You're doing this uh, Connecticut Vapor Trail 2015. It's going to be on Sunday, September 27th, uh, from noon to five in uh, in Connecticut. Tell us, uh, tell us more about it. Well, Ruby Rue and Grim Green will be there, so that's enough reason to come. But uh, what are the other details? Yes, uh, Ruby Rue and Grim Green will be there, which is very nice of them to do this. Uh, there's going to be uh, giveaways. There's going to be raffles. In fact, the first 300 tickets uh, that are sold, and we've sold almost all of them. I think there's about I don't know 40 something tickets left. Uh, People get a uh, gift bag when they come that's filled with all kinds of e-liquid and all kinds of other stuff. Um, there's going to be, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a barbecue with a lot of raffles and giveaways and just hanging out. And there's going to be a bar. It'll be a cash bar. And there's going to be free food. And it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. It's just going to be, you know, like, like a vape meet. Just a big vape meet. Everybody hanging out and having a good time. What's in the gift bag? Well, I can tell you there's definitely e-liquid in the gift bag because uh, all of the stores that are involved, well, actually most of them have put up uh, e-liquid, and there's about 18 stores involved. So there's a lot of e-liquid in there. Um, I'm sure there'll be other little things, drip tips, maybe tanks, you know, got, you know, just just various things. The gift bag is great. I mean, the gift bag, really mostly it's going to be e-liquid. You're going to get a lot of e-liquid if you buy a, a ticket early. Because the first 300 tickets covers the cost of the event. And then after that, whatever money we bring in, all of the money goes to our Safada chapter to pay for our wonderful lobbyist, Nicole. Because we would not be in business today if it wasn't for Nicole. She has saved us. So this is, so, a, this is a, it's clearly a vape me, but it's also a fundraiser, right? Basically. Oh, yes. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're raising money for our uh, Safada Connecticut chapter. The lobbyist is very expensive. And you know what, Russ? We got 18 stores. Now, 18 stores is about one-third of the amount of stores in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Do I wish it was more? Yes. I wish it was almost all the stores. But you know what? One-third's not bad. It's pretty good. Mm, yeah, I, I would think that if, you know, if one, it's actually quite good. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, the, the, yeah, the fact right. that, you know, I, I could understand, see what I think is a good number is like 95% because I can believe I don't want to, but I can be, I can believe that maybe 5% of vape store owners really don't know what's going on with all the legislative stuff. So, you know, they could be okay with just, you know, it's not good for them to be ignorant, but it, it's a valid, it's not a valid, it, it's it's an excuse. So I think 95% would be a great number. Obviously, that's not happening anywhere. Uh, you got 33, that, that that's that's pretty good. I don't know what it's like you know, elsewhere. 
why don't you help me out with this? You got 33% of the stores, right? So I know, yeah. I know you are, you know, when you've got a bug up your butt, you, I know you are relentless and you just focus on it and you, you hammer away. I know you've called all of them. I know you have called 100% of the stores in Connecticut. Am I right? Well, it what no, in, that, in, in all fairness, no. I called a, a good amount of them. Uh, Christine called a good amount of them as well as April. The three of us, really, me, Christine, and April, uh, I mean, months ago when, when we founded all the legislation that was going on, started calling stores. Yeah, okay. And uh, well, well, but I guess my yeah, point, so, but, but all the stores have been contacted by the three of you at this oh, point. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, now, yes. So for the, for the 66% of the stores that were contacted that don't want to have anything to do with Safada. I mean, what are some of the reasons that, that, that they give for that? Or do they just not return well, your call? Well, it's funny because most of them, when you talk to them, they say, oh, geez, I didn't know this. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I'm, I definitely want to do something to help. I definitely want to get involved. And, and you know, they're just on board with what we're saying. Yeah. Oh, definitely sign me up. I'm on board. And you never hear from them. Never get a phone call. They never uh, donate any money to the Safada chapter. They, they, never, they never do anything. And you call again, you know, later. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do something. They, they, so most of it is just them saying they, they're going to get involved and just don't do anything. Right. Uh, I did have one tell me, uh, quite frankly, she really didn't care. And uh, if things got bad here in Connecticut, she would just move her business to another state. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's uh yeah, unbelievable well, well she's saying what all the rest of them are thinking obviously you know connecticut is a is a small state and yeah. you could easily well you can't go to massachusetts but you could roll the dice and go to new york or you could go to i don't hear much of anything going on in rhode island or uh you know obviously new hampshire and and vermont are are, are pretty okay at this point so you know i understand why people think that uh, they're all thinking that she's just the one who was I don't know how smart it is to be honest about that kind of thing, but so and, and mind you, Russ, another reason why hang on, another reason why we're doing this, these eighteen stores, they weren't all involved when we first started. There was only twelve stores involved, okay? What happened was, and there's another reason why we were doing this, stores started seeing all the talk about this. They started seeing everybody talking about it and people coming in their stores, oh, you're going to Vapor Trail, blah blah, this and that. And they said, geez, I want to be involved with this. Now, all of a sudden, they want to be involved with us because they want to be part of the event. They see the event's getting a lot of attention. It's getting big. They see all the stores that are on it. So now they want their name on there. They want to be a part of it. Um, do I think it sucks that they're only a part of it because they want to get the uh, advertising? Yeah, but you know what? Whatever. As long as they're a part of it and they're donating their, their part to help out with the lobbyists with all the costs and put on the 12 of us, that's fine with me. And it's working. It's getting stores involved. And we want to do this like once or twice a year, hoping that more stores see this and go, well, geez, I want to be a part of it, you know, and, and get them on board. We're doing anything we can just to get everybody on board because the more stores that are involved, the less money. I mean, if every store was involved for us, we wouldn't have to do this. We'd each pay like fucking, a, a, God, a, a very minimal amount of months, and it would take care of the lobbyists and any other thing we needed, and, and we'd be good. What but is the, because they're go, not all, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. But because they're not all involved, um, you know, the, the burden, the cost is, is put on the 12 of us. So, right. Well, it is what it is. Um, how, if you don't mind me asking, 
How much does it cost to keep a lobbyist uh, uh, on your side for a year? Uh, for a year, well, it's right now it's 3000 a month, which is a very good fee, believe it or not, um, for 12 yeah. months, the entire year, you know, so... Thirty-six grand. Yeah. Do the math. What is that? Yeah, thirty-six grand. Yeah. And you have to keep her on all year because, you know, she's in the. Just a while back, they were redoing the budget here, and when they redid the budget, they tried to sneak in a tax, a very bad ESIG tax, and she caught it. Nicole caught it, and because she caught it, she was able to get rid of it. That's why you need a lobbyist all year long. A lot of stores don't understand that. They go, "Oh, we're done now. It's good." No, she's got to be in there. Every day, I mean, all the time, because not only do they catch shit like that, but they're also educating uh, all, all the, uh, they're educating everybody when it comes to e-cigarettes, vaping, you know, they're, then they're talking to congressmen and they're talking to senators and they're talking to uh, the, the, the lawmakers. I mean, they're educating and they're giving them the proper information about e-cigarettes. So when stuff does come up, they're not wanting to jump and do bans or put on outrageous taxes. It's very important to have a lobbyist all year long, all the time. Now, do you know how many states do that? How many states actually have a full-time lobbyist year-round? Do you know? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't think there's a whole lot, unfortunately, which is scary. Um, every state should have a lobbyist representing the vaping and e-cigarette industry all year long, but I don't think there's, a, I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many, but I know there's not a whole lot. Yeah. I don't think there is really, you know, and it's a, it's surprising because it's essential. I mean, that, that we're, you know, we're in big boy territory now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, every, everybody knows about vaping, everybody, uh, you know, they're reading all the shit, which I'm going to talk about, you know, in the media and, uh, you know, we're under attack. And if you're going to play, you know, and, and if you're going to put on the big boy pants and go into business, you got to put on the big boy pants and make sure that this, this, this stuff isn't going to hurt you. And, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, is it, is it just like, is that a part of Safada? Like if, if, if you've got a, there's just, I, I suppose, well, I would guess that you could, you know, create a Safada chatter, a chapter, fairly inexpensively and then you know you obviously have the option of having them find you a lobbyist so i guess it's it's not really inexpensively russ it, it didn't cost anything that was what was so phenomenal um cynthia cabrera we 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 talked to her we said we want to start a chapter they literally did everything they did everything greg wonderful greg Connolly. uh-oh thing that's what's so great. Safada's already, they're already organized. They're, they're already done. You don't have to go through the process of, of, you know, finding a lawyer, finding an accountant, trying to uh, filing to be a, a nonprofit. You don't have to do any of that. It was literally the easiest thing in the world. The, the number one thing they said to us was, we know you're busy running your business. So they make it so, they made it so simple for us. It was so simple. Just a bunch of stores get together. They say, Hey, we want to have a, uh, a, a chapter here. And they say, no problem. They set up everything for you. They find you a lobbyist. They do everything. It's wonderful. It's so simple. I can't believe that every state in the fucking country doesn't have stores getting together and doing this because it was, it really was, it was, they made it so easy. And we would absolutely be out of business if it wasn't for us putting the Safada, the Safada putting this chapter together for us. We would have been out of business. We would have been able to not even attempt to fight half the stuff we had to fight this year. 
I mean, it's amazing what they did. It really is. It's so simple, and, and every store in every state should be doing this. And it's and it's and Russ, it's a cost of business. When if you're going to open a store, you have a store right now. Paying your rent is cost of business. Inventory is cost of business. Paying employees is cost of business. This is a cost of business. You have to think that way. I need to do this. I have to pay for a lobbyist. Advocacy and fighting to keep your business alive is a cost of business. That's simple. Absolutely. Stores would understand this and more stores would do more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, one other thing. So now we've said all these wonderful things about uh, Safada and uh, I'm sure, you know, the event sounds great. I look for, I'll be there. I'll see you there. Um, Yes. uh, Now, Here's the, uh, it's not bad news, but the, the, you know, the reality is that vapors are not that used to paying to go to a vape meet. They're used to just, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they, I think some of some of the larger conventions, I think maybe they are charging at this point, but it's a $30 ticket, right? Um, yes. So some vapors might not be uh, used to it. They just want to show up somewhere and maybe get, you know, hang out and get some free stuff and go home. So they're going to pay $30. Um, uh, I think, you know, at first I was like, uh, you know, that's a big number. But then I thought, you know what, maybe it's better that way. Maybe, you know, maybe that's a, because the $30 is going directly to activism. You know, yeah, you're going to, yeah, 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 sure. You're going to get some hamburgers and you're going to get a nice gift bag and all this. But, but really the, the money, what they're, what they're spending that money on besides the social aspect of going to a, a fun event is preserving their rights. Uh, to 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 use electronic cigarettes, not to have this pressure on the stores with the taxes, which is going to affect what they can buy and what yeah, all that stuff. So, I do think it's money well spent, and I do think it's, you know, I I I I predict that because of that price tag, which I don't even know if it's high or low. I I rarely go to any meets anymore these days, but I I think the price tag being um where it is is good. I think you're going to get a better group of people who actually show up because they know that they've got to invest $30 in their future, really. Um, so I don't know. I think I expect the crowd to be, you know, less slimy, you know, grease balls and more people who care. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope it's no, not, it is. I really it, hope it's not too much of a barrier is. for some people uh, to afford. It, it, it may be, but I, I still think it's going to, it's going to keep out the creeps, you know? No, it, 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 we we have a great group of of people here, and there's people all the time that when they they they, they file legislation, they, they they see things that come up, and they say, "Can I do anything? What can I do?" You know, I, th- this is something they can do, and you know, it's it's amazing to me, Russ, because you would think, like we have so many places online, you know this, anybody knows this. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper to get stuff online than a brick and mortar. It's that simple. Sure. And you would think by having a store like G's, you know. It, I can't tell you how many people come in and they say, oh, I know I can get it cheaper online, but I like the option of being able to come here, touch things, look at things, try things, try juices. And they, and I love supporting my local vape shop. They just love it. They, yeah. lo- they, they have no problem paying the extra money. They love that everything's there. I mean, there's a lot of really passionate vapors out there that do care. I mean, there's also, you know, the other ones that just want to know when fucking serial killers coming in and they want the cheapest dripper on the planet. But a lot of them really are, you know, do do care and do follow what's going on. And, and this is a way for them to support their their vape shops. And it's, you know, 
support advocacy and, and keep this alive. They know that what's been going on uh, with, with Safad and the lobbyists has been keeping everything alive. They know, well, a lot of them know that. Not all of them. Some don't care. You always have ones that don't care, but I do come across a lot that do care, which is nice. Very surprising. Interesting. Well, anyway, it sounds like a great... Here, let me, uh, let me put the, the, the link for the details of the event and the, uh, the Eventbrite link so that people can buy their tickets now. Um, so there it is. And, oh, and I uh, forgot to... Wait, Wes, I, I forgot to mention one thing before yeah. you say that. Uh, Dino will be there, and Dino will be taking pictures and signing autographs. Okay. So that's a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have some kind of uh, some kind of prank. I gotta prank Dino. Let me write that down. Yeah, we have to have some sort. I of... I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> I don't think you want to prank Dino. No, I think I really do want to actually. All right, I'll think. Oh, uh, I don't know. I want some shenanigans. He deserves it. Um, anyway, I, I look forward to it, and uh, he, I think he's actually. I think I'm sharing a ride with him up there. So, yeah, it, it, it'll be great. So listen. Um, yes. before I let you go, cause this next, you know, what I wanted to talk about next is, I mean, I know you pay attention, you, you pay attention to this stuff probably more than me and you see every week, every day, there's new articles coming out and just blatant lies about e-cigarettes. On the other hand, you do have some fairly balanced reporting going on also, which, you know, you'll see, like I, I saw this, um, you know, the, I, I, this is an example of a reporter who I think really tried, you know, to get uh, both sides of the story out. This was a this is a, a story that was in the Washington Post, which is a, a paper that uh, I believe still has a a good deal of journalistic integrity. Um, maybe not like you know Woodward and Bernstein days, but it's it's still pretty good. And this I saw I read in this article. It's called uh, "What's in All That E-Cig Vapor." Did you happen to see that one? I I did. I didn't read it fully, but I did see it. I glanced over it. Yes. Yeah, and I'm sure you noticed. I did see that. I'm, I'm sure you noticed they had uh, links to. Uh, I guess they reached out to Doctor Farsolinos. They reached Farsoli, out. Farsolinos. Yeah, they you know they reached out yeah, to. They had, to uh, and you know what? He talked to he talked to many many people, which was nice. He did. He tried to make it balance. Doctor Farsolinos, Doctor Greg. Yeah. He talked to, of course, the opposition. It, it was it was it was actually interesting that he did try to make it as fair as possible. He tried, but you know, even when you got a decent reporter who's trying, you know, when you talk to the opposition, they just they just lie and they know they're lying. You know, they're not, you know, they're not talking to some intern who thinks they're doing the right thing and they're not, no, they're talking to the, you know, the people in charge, they know they're lying. So even, even when you're trying to do good, I mean, how much can he do? How much can the guy do? He's got to, he's got to crank out an article. Okay. Who are the vaping people? Okay. We'll talk to them. Okay. That's good. And then, you know, you, you talk to all the other public health people and they're, they're, they're psychopaths and they're, they're, they're liars. And what's he going to do? You know, how much, how much time do you really expect him to, to go and nitpick through everything that they say? Where? If he did, he would find out that they're liars and they're, they're, you know, they're pushing an agenda and they're, they're, they're doing this for profit and, and all that. Um, so it's almost impossible, really, unless, you know, in the case of, you know, magazines like Reason, where, um, you know, uh, right leaning or libertarian leaning papers and, and blogs and stuff, they get it right. You know, they, 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 they pretty they pretty much nail it. And Greg Gutfeld has been real, you know, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan with him 
of him on other stuff. But man, he 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 drives it home real good with the with with, with the vapor. So we've got friends um, on the right and certainly libertarians. But like anything that's like mainstream media, like the things that people normally see, you know, what do people do when they go on the they, they go on BuzzFeed, they look in their Facebook newsfeed, that you know, shit like that. You're not gonna you're, you're not gonna get the truth. You're gonna get you're gonna get more lies and. Um, it's really gross. You know, I think back to how long has the AVA been around now? Uh, jeez. It's over Probably a year, right? I'd say, yeah, oh yeah. Maybe like a year and a half now. Yeah, I remember when when you came up with the idea and I it was um it was a little bit slow to start cuz I don't think people really got it. And thank God you did it when you did it. Um because it's the only way at this point really. Um, it, 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 they, the AVA really is the American Vaping Association, uh, vaping.info, uh, really is the only, um, the only way that we're getting at least that mention, at least that interview with Greg in mainstream media, there was no association before the AVA that was really focused on media. There are certainly great organizations that would be happy to comment to, to meet to media like you know but the, but their their goal was really advocacy from a legislative perspective like vaping malicious um casa uh, you know there's many many others I, I, sh I should mention them all but I'll invariably forget some doesn't matter so it, it's the first time that it was an organization purely focused on media and I don't think people got that at first I think they get it now I hope they get it now um Boy, thank goodness! Um, I, I and I remember well, all the, I, I remember all the people telling you that it was just going to fail, and um, we would be. Oh yeah, this is the. It's. I don't know that it's the most important thing. The most important thing is you know, pushing back against really bad regulations that just flat out put people out of business. But what causes that to happen is, you know, before anyone, you know, before a legislator takes out a piece of pa a piece of paper and starts writing down a law, there was a, a time where there was media, where there, where there are stories and they're, they're getting these things and they're, they're, they're being sent to them by, you know, public health people, maybe even by constituents. Who knows where it's all coming from? But when they get all these stories, and of course they're reading the headline, maybe the first paragraph, if you're lucky, they start, you know, some of the legislators, some of them are straight up evil, but some of them, they're actually seeing this stuff and saying, well, this is a public health concern. I should do something. These people are asking me to do something. They don't know about all the backstory. You know, maybe they're small-time legislators, but they can still write a bill. So the, the, what people don't understand is, like, what's the, the, the buildup to all of this horrible legislation being proposed is media. And if, the, if, if we don't push back with our own uh, force in the media, it's going to be much, much worse. Yes, and that's what I was talking about before. You're right. They see these stories. These legislators read this stuff and go, oh, my God, we got to do something. we got to act. Well, when you have a lobbyist in there every day saying, hey, no, 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 that story isn't exactly accurate, and I'll tell you why, then that's a lot less likely to happen. Now, when it comes to media stories, these bad media stories, and there's a lot of lies out there, it's not as bad as it used to be, Russ, and I'll tell you why it's not as bad. It's not as bad because, number one, at this point where we are now in vaping, there's got to be millions of vapors, I mean, just in the United States. Yeah. Now, these stories come out. 
I would say it's almost to the point where someone knows somebody that vapes, so whether it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, somebody knows somebody that uses an e-cigarette. And they see these stories and they bring up these stories. And a lot of people who use these e-cigarettes, not all of them, but a lot of them, they do educate themselves. And when their friend or their coworker or their, you know, family member, whoever, whoever it is, brings up this story, they say, oh, no, that's not true, and I'll tell you why. You know, they're being educated by vapors now because there's enough of them that these stories are horseshit. And, I mean, they come in all the time. They come into our store. We have senior citizens that, that are customers. We have uh, housewives. And, you know, they come in and they say, you're not going to believe what I read in the, uh, on the news or I heard on the news the other day, I read in the paper. And they tell me the story. And they go, no, I know that's ridiculous because I've been doing this for six months or I've been doing it for a year. So we have, now that we have more vapors, more cigarette users, they are educating others who aren't family members, friends, coworkers, that these stories are horseshit. So it's not as effective as it used to be, thank God. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, and yeah, I think it. I think it kind of cuts both ways. Real, I'm glad you have that person. I, I don't know, just from the people that I talk to, and they know I'm into this shit. So they always they they always come with this wacky stuff. You know, oh, I hear there's metal that you inhale in there, and I and I hear there's formaldehyde, and I. I hear there's antifreeze. I don't hear the antifreeze thing so much. I think even they've given up on that. But you hear, you know, they're really, um, they're really scared. Or if it's someone, you know, I don't know, or maybe it's a friend of a friend, they just say, you know, I, I still hear, it, you know, that's worse than smoking. They say you should just smoke because those are way worse for you than smoking. And they believe this. And I know where it's coming from. It's it's coming from their fucking BuzzFeed, you know, or, or, or wherever they're going. And I always just... You know, there was a time, you know, I've been doing this five years. So there was a time maybe a couple of years ago where I just had such energy and there was less really bad press back then. So, you know, people were more inquisitive and, and, and less, oh, I know about those and they're bad. And there was a time where you could have a conversation and it wasn't that complicated. But now today, the conversation for me, unless I'm missing something, Maybe I should pay more attention to the way that, that that Greg does it. See, I know where this is coming from and how it happens. There are these groups. They are heavily uh, invested in the tax monies that come from uh, from taxing uh, not just tobacco, but they want to get that same money out of e-cigarettes. They want more. Um, they have these campaigns and these careers that are that are financed by you know getting this bad word out there and getting the the, the legislation. That is their career. That is their livelihood. Uh, and they know what they're doing, and they know it's wrong. And I could take five minutes and explain it to them. I could go back to the master settlement agreement. I could talk about the American heart, American lung, and and you know the pharmaceutical funding behind it, and all that stuff. I could take five minutes and explain to somebody why this is happening. But I also know that I I, I can't. I, I don't know how to do it in less than 300 seconds. And I know that the average person, you know, probably doesn't care to listen that long. I don't know how to do it anymore. But, but people do, you know, it's interesting. Like I'll ha I have this happen probably two or three times a week, either a husband or a wife will come in, buy kicks. They want to get off cigarettes. And let's say it's the wife. The husband will come with her and he starts hammering off questions. 
what is this? I heard this has formaldehyde. I heard this has heavy metals. I heard these are dangerous. I heard these are worse than cigarettes. He's going off and on, you know, all these questions because his wife's about to get this thing and, and he wants to know everything about what she's about to do or vice versa. And it, it's really, you know, it takes me, I don't know, three minutes. And they understand. I mean, they understand why why uh, a lot of these anti-groups are doing this. They understand it's about them. They, they really do understand it, Russ. They get it. Um, you know, it, it's just, You're telling me, you're telling me, oh, hold on a second. You're telling me a person... Uh, okay, we got a caller. I'll take you. I'll take you in a second, uh, sir, ma'am. Uh, just give me a second. Um, you're telling me that you know John or Jane Doe walking off the street. You're able to get them to understand that the American Heart Association, the American Cancers, that they are motivated by pharmaceutical. You're able to get that across. They they understand that. They buy that. Well, it's very simple. So you take American Lung Association. American Lung Association. Okay. Where do they get their funding? They go, I don't know where. Big pharmaceutical. Why does big pharmaceutical not like e-cigarettes? Why? Because it's taking away from sales of uh, patches, gums. They go, oh, I get it. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's really very simple. They go, oh, I understand. But the, the harder thing to explain to them is why big tobacco is against it. That's a really, that they don't understand. They figure, well, why, you know, why, why is... Big Tobacco sell these cigarettes. Why would they be against what you guys are doing? That's more of a complicated thing that they don't get because they think we're all on the same page, you know? Well, Marlboro sells e-cigarettes, and we do too, so why are we not on the same page? That's what they don't get. I would think, um, I don't know, I would think that would actually be a little bit easier. I would, I, For me, what I would tell them is be like, well, you're in a vape store, obviously, so they're, you're having this conversation in a vape shop. And you're letting them try these things and the products are going to work good and, and this and that. But what I would say to them is I'd say, well, just listen, you've tried this stuff over here, right? This is, uh, you know, this is made, you know, this is made by a company right here in Connecticut. They, they And this is made by whatever, you know, compared to big tobacco, um, very small companies. Uh, all in all, we're not, we're talking about, you know, big tobacco is a multi-billion dollar corporations. So I would say to them, Go to go to Seven Eleven. Go to the gas station. Buy a Mark Ten or, or or any of these other stick batteries that are made by uh, by Big Tobacco. I say, g give it a try. Now, here's what I'm giving you. You know how well it works, and you know you you like it. Yeah, you like it. Now go and buy the product made by the multi billion dollar corporation who has all the money in the world to make the best e-cigarette in the world. Try it out. How do you like it? And of course, it sucks. And I think that tells the whole story. Like they're they're making a product that is intentionally terrible in order to get people to uh, to, to you know if they're going to spend money, yeah, sure, spend it with me. But also, just go back to smoking because this shit really sucks. What do you think of that? But it does. But it doesn't suck for all people. Oh. People have this misconception that everybody hates that shit. It sucks. It's not true. I can tell you how many people come in. I had a guy come in a few weeks ago. He had uh, he buys those five packs of Enjoy Kings. He was just trying to find something like it that was maybe you know less less money. Well, those are pretty good. And actually. I, he, yeah, and I said we don't. He says, well, then this is all we have. We've had people come in with uh, Logic. I want something like this. Well, we don't have the stick batteries. Well, then I'm leaving. They they, they like it. They like the little stick batteries. They like that it looks like a cigarette. They like the little cartridges that come with it. I have people come. I have quite a few people come actually, uh, and they'll say, "Do you have something like the Logic Tobacco?" Because I really like that. Believe it or not, there's people that like that. 
Hmm. Not everybody dislikes those products. I mean, and obviously there must be because they wouldn't still be on the market if they, if nobody was buying them. But, and I would say, you know, fairly probably 60% of the people that buy and find out they suck, but I'd say a good 40% of people do like them hmm. and they don't want to use our stuff. So why don't you carry something then? Cause it's really hard finding one that's good. <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, and I've thought about it, to be honest. I've thought about it. Maybe just getting, trying to find like a really good stick battery that, you know, for them that they would like. I just don't well, want to get in the I, nightmare of selling. Honestly, I've never really talked to you about Enjoy. I have um, a lot of different feelings about the company, but the Enjoy King is a good product. Why don't you just sell that? I don't like the company at all, but those, those, Android okay. Kings, they are. They're they're great. <laughs> they do work we got very a, uh, well. We got a, a caller in the eight four five area code. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, I, I pretty much wanted to touch up on what Kevin said. He's exactly correct. If you explain that their business model is pretty much to make profit off of doing research and stuff like this, then people understand it. Big tobacco, that's a little more complicated. I find it's easier to tell them, well, have you tried quitting? okay, what have you tried? They'll tell me patches, gum, or whatever. And, of course, they've gone back to smoking. So I asked them, do you know these patches and gums are actually paid for not only by, you know, Big Pharma, but they have big tobacco interest and in t- in tied into them as well, and they start thinking. And I tell them, well, because they don't work, go back to smoking, keep smoking, spend more money trying to quit than you actual will be, actually will be successful with. And they, people will get it. People, will, <clears throat> I'm sorry, people will get it. They'll understand it. It's a matter of just pretty much putting it out there in so a sense that they can comprehend it. Oh, that's another that's another idea. I, th- I thank you for that. Thanks for calling in, sir. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Okay, well, maybe I'm overthinking it. Hmm. You know what's interesting, Russ? What's that? Like, you get calls during your show, and Dino and I get none. <laughs> I, I, are people afraid to call in? I don't know. It's, it's just bizarre. No one, like, I've gotten maybe five phone calls in the past year. Like, nobody calls in, but yet your show, all kinds of people call in. I don't know what to tell you. Why maybe, do you think they don't call into my show? I think they're afraid of Dino. I think he's a... Uh, is that a, what it is? I think he's a, a scary guy. Um... I think they're 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 very concerned about their uh, their physical safety. <laughs> it could be. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you sh- maybe you shouldn't Weird. be telling people that he's coming to this event. I don't know. You know. Yeah, that's true. They may get scared. They may get scared. Now Dino's not a te- show up, guys. Dino's a teddy bear, nicest guy I've, I've ever met. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen. Um, Hey, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I'm thinking about things a, a little bit differently. Honestly, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just, I just don't do it anymore. I don't the, 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 these questions. You know, I'm, I'm I'm vaping and people. I'm exhausted. I don't even like having the conversation anymore. Um, maybe I got to think about that. You know what I mean? You ever get that feeling? No, I, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it, it, it's 
it's very frustrating and it's just getting, it's almost, I, I hate to say it, it's almost like it's getting old. Like how long am I going to have this conversation yeah. over and over and over? I, and, and you start losing interest and in, I, I get it. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, me, me personally, uh, I started this, I don't know how many years ago and I can't stop until we have some, till we know where we're at. Um, those regulations haven't even come out yet. I mean, no, I, I, don't, I, 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 I wanted to ask you, I'm sure you saw there's, a. Uh, I think for the, uh, for the, uh, childproof caps and marketing, I just saw on the CASA, um, on the CASA website that they have extended comments for that for another month, basically till September 30th. So yeah, I don't know how that or if that impacts when the deeming regulations are coming out. I don't know if those those two issues are, you know, if, if I don't know if that means that now the deeming will definitely not come out until October or not, but they keep pushing this back again and again and again. It's very interesting. Everyone thought in, I don't know if it was March or April, they're like, hey, three months, it's coming, and that didn't happen. They keep pushing this back. Because I think they're actually doing some research this time and I think through this research they're doing, they're discovering, hmm, maybe this isn't as bad as we thought it was. And they don't know what the fuck to do. I don't think they know what the hell to do. And that's why it's taking so long. Hmm. And they're not sure how to even deal with this. Um, which is good. It means they're actually doing their job and, and researching like they said they were going to and, and maybe not finding all these negatives I thought they were going to find. Um, so... That's good, but it's it's bad because I know here in Connecticut, they're not going to wait anymore. No. They made very clear to us, we are not going to wait for the FDA anymore. If they don't come out with something by the end of the summer, we're going to act. And that, that's scary. So, yeah, I just don't, I don't think they know what the fuck to do, Russ. They yeah. have no idea. But we also can't have this, you, you know, I, I, I can't stop. As much... Uh, aggravation this is sometimes and as much as I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall like I'm screaming and nobody's fucking listening to me I I can't stop I can't stop until there's a resolve there's no resolve yet I can't stop till there's a resolve well it's gonna be a long haul all you gotta do is look at um, go to Audrey Silk's Facebook page NYC Clash uh, or go to nycclash.com, uh, I think it is. Um, this is a woman who's devoted her life to fighting back against, uh, fighting for smokers' rights. She obviously fights for vapors' rights also, but uh, all you got to do is look at what she's been involved with, and that's what they're going to do to us. It's going to be the same exact thing. They've got, the, they've got a, you know, we're the shiny new, we're an opportunity for these people. Um, and what they've done with smoking and, and not in the name of public health, just in the name of lining their pockets and supporting their their own corporate interests and, and their political campaigns and you, you name it. The same thing is going to happen to us as what they've done to the smokers. And they're just getting started. So, hey, you got to you got to you know, Russ, if, if, if you're starting to lose that passion and that that fight and it's starting to get old and all this shit's going on. I mean, you're in New York city. Go, go have lunch with Audrey. Tell her exactly. Tell, tell her, this is how I feel. 
And I bet you, I mean, she's an inspiration. I mean, she, she's incredible. And uh, listen to what she has to say. You know what? So she'll get you right back on board again. You know what? I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah. I think I'm going to buy Audrey some coffee. Maybe a sandwich. Good yeah. idea. Yep. Hey, listen, man. Thanks for coming on the show, and I really look forward to the event. And we can all look forward to hearing Kevin and Dino every Sunday night right here at VaporsPlace.com forward slash VP Live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday. The Kevin and Dino Show, also known as uh, VP Live. Thanks so much, Kev. Amen. Cheers. There he goes, everybody. There is my Kevin. So we got lots of other things to talk about tonight, folks. Briefly, it's been uh, quite an interesting begin uh, beginning to the 2016 uh, presidential election. Um, it's this. Uh, Boy, these cycles, they keep starting earlier and earlier. It's uh, its nuts. We're still uh, well over a year, well, we're over a year away from the election, and we've already been seeing this for six months or more. So this whole Donald Trump thing and Bernie Sanders, two of the biggest surprises. If you were a betting man, and I am, you know, is there any way that you would have believed? Because Trump's done the shit before, you know? I, I'm not quite sure what he's doing that differently because I never paid that much attention to him. I mean, I think he's an entertaining guy. Um, Bernie Sanders, on the other on the other hand, I mean, that's even more of a long shot. Um, you know, most Democrats are in some way, shape, and form, many times completely and wholly uh, socialists. Um, Bernie Sanders doesn't hide that. Whatever you think about him, um, he's not dishonest. He will come out right out and say and tell you, I am a socialist. I am for mass redistribution of wealth. I, uh, you know, he, you know, he's, he'll, he'll read right to you from Marx. You know, he doesn't hide it. And somehow a socialist from Vermont is beating Hillary Clinton in the polls. I can tell you this right now. Clinton, forget about Clinton being on the ticket uh, or being the nominee. She's not She's not going to survive another six months. Six months, forget it. She's already done. And the only significant opposition is a wild-eyed socialist raised in Brooklyn, uh, you know, senator from, from, from Vermont. Are you out of your mind? How did that happen? And how did Trump... A media whore. Egomaniac. Is dominating a huge field. Pulling, you know, depending on the poll, 40%. He's getting 40% when there's more than a dozen people. You know, who have serious campaigns, you know, senators, representatives, governors. You know, some, that, that other guy. <laughs> How do you do that? And the way they do it, um, it it's it's a little scary. Uh, Trump and Sanders, despite the fact that they look like complete opposites, Trump, billionaire capitalist, not capitalist in the purest sense of the word, but in the way that everyone understands, most people understand the word, billionaire capitalist developer, 
um, ostentatious, reality TV, you name it. I mean, just as in your face as you can imagine. So, and, and, um, and he's the most popular guy for people who care about who gets the Republican nomination. And Sanders appears to be the complete opposite. Socialist, you know, the anti-billionaire versus the billionaire, right? So how does that happen? They're doing the exact same thing. And it's very, very simple. They are both, you could call it one of two words and, and, and be fairly accurate. They are both fervent uh, nationalists or another way to put it would be um, populists. What they are doing, listen, um, I hate to invoke Godwin's law, but just to use a name that everyone is familiar with, I am not, I am not comparing Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler is a bad guy who killed millions of people and you know almost destroyed the world. I'm not comparing them to him. I'm not saying they're going to do what he did. I am saying, though, if you look at the techniques that Adolf Hitler used to be elected. Yes, Adolf Hitler was democratically elected. He was not some, uh, you know, some uh, military guy who came in and took over a country violently. No, no, Adolf Hitler was democratically elected to office. If you look at the and and obviously the reason why I bring him up is because he is probably the best known nationalist who has ever lived. If you look at his, if you um, if you read what he what he said in his speeches it is uh, it's nationalism it is um it, it is get get it is us versus the world uh pride for germany all this stuff uh, sanders and trump are doing pardon me they're doing the exact same thing they're just targeting different emotions but it's the same technique it is the same nationalism technique now, the way that Trump does it is, we are the greatest country in the world. I'm going to make us strong again. I'm going to fight back against China. Ch China, we're going to put these tariffs on them. They're never going to, they're not going to be able to do this anymore. And what we say goes, and in the Middle East, oh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to, strong military, we're going to get that oil that we deserve and, and all this. And we're going to seal up the borders and we're going to keep out the Mexicans and, and all this stuff. Believe it or not, Sanders is doing the same thing. Just, it's the same technique. It really is the same technique. It is just, um, it's along the lines of class warfare. So basically it's along the lines of Bernie Sanders saying, the rich guys are the problem. It's the, it's the corporation, it's the big corporations and the big capital and all of, and them, and I'm gonna make them pay. Now that's effective because how many people are really that rich? You know, how many how many people are, are, are making a million dollars? Very, very few. You know, far less than the famous 1% are making over a million dollars. And I am going to tax the motherfucker out of them and we're gonna, we're gonna have that money and we're gonna be able to build and we're gonna make America great again for the middle and 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 uh for the middle class and for the poor. We're gonna we're gonna do all this stuff. So it's really the same thing. It's really um instead of talking about you know, honest ideas. Well, I take that back. Sanders is honest. Um, he's wrong on on most things, but he is honest at least. Not so much with Trump. Case in point. I mean, listen. Do you think for a minute that Donald Trump 
really is this tough on abortion guy that he's been? This what's your favorite book? The Bible? Come on, man. That's bullshit. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about abortion, but he's got to say he's against it because you can't not be against it and get a Republican uh, nomination. You just can't. He doesn't believe that. You know how? Listen, I'm a betting man. Would I would I lay odds that a uh, close family member, be it wife or, or child, has had it? Yeah, yeah. You better believe it. He don't want to. He doesn't want a fucking thing to do with abortion, believe me. But he's got to. He's got to say it. So anyway, so you know, you got one guy who's a little less honest than than the other, and you know this this it, it's going to be very interesting the way this this goes. Um, I think all of the other candidates are learning a lot about what they're doing to become so popular. The least likely people to get this outpouring. I mean, you know. You can write off right now, you can write off Trump a little bit as, well, it's so far away. You know, it's so far away from November of 2016 that at this point, it's just, it really is just just another reality TV show. I mean, nobody has to make a decision at this point. Voting in a poll is much, much different because it's it's so passive. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's these, these, these pollsters, you know, they're making phone calls or, you know, whatever. It's on a website and you just got to click something. So it's very different than actually going to the, you know, to the ballot box and casting a vote. It's very, very different. Um, there's no poll that's ever been accurate, actually. You know, you can get pretty close, but you're never going to get it right. You can get close. So at this, so at this point, you know, what, what he is getting now, I, I got it. You, you might think that it's just theater at this point. And maybe you're right. You know, people want a good show. And Donald Trump is quite a showman. But then how do you account for, for Sanders? He's a fairly obscure politician up until this election, you know? Running against Hillary Rodham Clinton? You know, one of the best known of, of all time? Someone who did... did how she didn't get, uh, how she didn't get it in two thousand eight. You know, there's people still scratching their heads over that. Do people really hate her that much that they're willing to support a fucking lunatic socialist? A, I don't know. Can it all be hate for Hillary? I don't know. I think we're going to find out pretty soon because. Uh, She's not long for this race. She's just not. This, you know, a lot of people don't really understand this whole uh, private email thing going on where, I mean, she broke the fuck out of the law. I mean, you might not think it's a big deal and okay, that's, you know, whatever you think about it is fine. Uh, the bottom line is these are serious crimes. These are felonies. Um, the chickens are going to come home to roost soon, you know? She doesn't have a year. It, it, she won't be on the, she, she won't survive this. She just won't. I mean, th there'll be ways to wiggle and there'll be scapegoats and all that. She cannot survive the scandal. Not because it's salacious, but because it is extremely illegal. And then you got to look at who are they going to, who else are they going to put up? There's some chatter about Al Gore and Joe Biden. I mean, 
Could you pick two more fucking boring guys? You know? Can Sanders stand up to, you know, can can he compete with them? Yeah, probably. I mean, who else do they have? I mean, who? I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I do think that the uh, the Trump mania thing that's going on now, I think it's going to die down when, when it gets a little bit closer. And right now, it just seems like he can say anything. And I don't know. He's like bulletproof at this point. He's saying crazy shit. And people love it. You know, it's not hurting him. Remember back in the day, you know, when Dan Quayle misspelled potato, it caused Bush a fucking election. Today, you got Donald Trump saying Mexicans are coming in and raping and murdering. And oh shit, his poll numbers just went up another 3%. It's a crazy world. It's a crazy, crazy time we're living in. Um, it's fascinating. But I think you are going to see what they're doing. This whole nationalism, this whole... It used to be, you know, that there were a lot of can candidates running on this inclusivity kind of thing like let's come together and whatever i don't know how to do that shit but a lot of people do do it very well um uh, bill clinton was probably one of the best at it a man so full of shit um you know as, as, as this presidency went on his, his, his eyes literally changed from blue to, to to brown but that tactic these days i don't know it doesn't seem to work this getting everybody to be like we're the home team right we're america and we're the we're the good americans and here are the bad americans and people love to pick a team you know they they're going to root for the yankees or the red sox they would never consider going to the other side it's going to be real interesting um i don't know we'll see i'm disappointed with Rand Paul's campaign. As many of you know, I was a volunteer for Ron Paul um, when he ran in uh, 2012. And uh, there's a lot of things I like about Rand Paul. I don't like him as much as Ron Paul by a lot. Um, I do still generally like him. I would um, consider voting for him. Um, I will more, more likely, um, I will more likely vote libertarian uh, only because um, what you got to understand and this 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 really goes for most most people in America. There are really actually only a few states that matter because of the electoral system that we had. Now, if we just elected a president by popular vote, your vote would be just as valuable as anyone else's. But that's not how it works. Um, my vote will never matter in the state of New York because the state of New York will always always, always going back forever. They will always support the Democratic nominee. So for me to vote, you know, Republican or Democrat for that matter, it, it doesn't matter. It's a foregone conclusion. It's already, it's done. I would love to, I would, I wish I, I I'd like to get the Vegas odds of a Republican uh, getting the, getting the vote, the electoral vote in New York. I would think it's a it's hundred to one or more. It's got to be. It never happens. So if you are a voter in the state of New York, 
if you vote Democrat or Republican, you're, you're throwing away your vote. You are absolutely throwing away your vote. Um, voting third party, you're actually accomplishing something. Of course, they're not going to get the nomination, but those votes are actually meaningful for a third party. I don't care. I'm not just saying for libertarian, for whatever you think is important. If you live on in a state like New York or California or Texas, for that matter, who always goes red, you know, most of these states, they're, 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 it's a foregone conclusion. It's already happening. Now, if you live in Florida, New Jersey, Ohio, it's very different. Your vote is actually quite important, much more important than mine. Um, but if you're in a 100% red state or blue state, you should absolutely vote third party no matter what. Otherwise, you're just throwing away your vote. Um, or in my case, my 100 votes because I vote, I try to vote 100 times in every election. So, um, yeah, there's that. So, um, stand by. I have, uh, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a minute, you know, I've, I've been covering uh, rampant police abuse um, for years, you know, before it was fashionable uh, for certain. And I am really getting disgusted with the way this anti, uh, anti-police brutality type movement is going. Um, I'm against, I'm against, I want this, I want this to stop. I want these, you know, these crazy psychopaths that find themselves in a uniform with a badge and a gun who again and again and again create these atrocious civil rights violations, murder of people, you know, any, these guys who are, who are these cops who eventually, you know, get, you know, these days indicted for murder, they've all got, they've all got a rap sheet, you know, except it's the kind you don't get arrested for. It's just in the form of civilian complaints and uh, lawsuits against them. They're, 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 you know, they're repeat offenders because they're protected. And, and I understand how the whole culture works. I understand how the police unions are, 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 are keeping these assholes out of jail and on the street. And I understand how it all, I understand how it works. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I know about that a lot more than I know about vaping. All right. For, for, for whatever that's worth. And when this started, I, you know, I should have known. Because the tinderbox, the thing that made it light on fire was Michael Brown. And I should have known. I should have known at that point. Oh, fuck. Things are about to go wrong here. Because this incident, which was, was, which was seized upon by national media that really brought the issue out into the forefront, was a guy, I, I, I won't say that he deserved, I don't think anybody you know, deserves to die. Well, you know, well, some people do deserve to die. I'm not saying, here's what, I, here's what I'll say about Michael Brown. He should have expected that death was a real option the way he conducted himself that day. Listen, I'm the, I'm the fucking poster child for being against police abuse and police brutality. But when you reach into a car, when you reach into a police car and grab, punch a cop and take his gun try to take his gun out of the holster, what do you think is going to happen? One of two things. Either you're going to kill that cop or the cop's going to kill you. That's the only way this is going to go. Bad guy. Violent criminal. I am not happy that he died. But would that have even been a story 
that I covered on ClickBank? No, not at all. Not at all. I can't care that much about a person like that. But for some reason, the whole world did. And I should have known that things were starting to go wrong at that point. Because that is when this whole Black Lives Matter movement really got its legs. And it has become such a shit show. Um, well, let's be honest, a shit show. It's, it's a race war at this point. And they have hijacked the movement. They have hijacked the movement to stop these fucking... They are doing far more harm than good. You know, if you just look at... I, I, I don't know how many of you... Um, I, I mean, it was, it was pretty big news. The... Um, the two, uh, the, the the television reporter. You know, it's a shame. I don't. You know, shame on me. Shame on me that I didn't remember that I don't remember their names. Yeah, you know that's really fucked up. That these two, you know, innocent people. This, uh, both both young, you know, uh, white female reporter, uh, white male cameraman, and you know what? I don't remember their names, and I remember Michael Brown's names. Shame on me. Really? I could have fucking Googled that in a second before the show. Shame on me. Anyway, what happened was um, this reporter and her cameraman and a uh, someone they were interviewing, they were doing an interview early one morning, and an ex-employee of that news station, a very disturbed man who happened to be uh, black and gay, um, you have to mention these things these days, which is also fucking infuriating, but you have to, I guess. Anyway, so this, this, uh, you know, this, this black guy killed, uh, these two, um, these two young people and almost killed the person, uh, who was being interviewed live on camera. Um, and I remember seeing that and seeing, it was just, uh, so shocking. I, I what you you don't that that is not common to 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 to, to see the, the the horror and the terror of these people being executed on live television, and I was just just shocked and disturbed by it beyond words. And then, as you follow this, you know it's on Twitter, and then you see these people saying, you know, retweeting none other than the murderer himself he's on twitter he's live tweeting the events that happened after this and i thought to myself this can't possibly be true let me go to his twitter account i look at his twitter account and the first thing i said i said this has got to be a fake this has got to be just some fucking prankster troll who's uh you know just trying to uh, you know whatever whatever trolls do he's doing it but I'm looking at his Twitter page and I'm pulling down to refresh. He's making more comments. Say, okay. Pull down to refresh again. Said, I took video of it. It'll be up soon on my Facebook. Say, what? And then I pull to refresh again. And it's actually, a, he took his phone or, or a camera or something held it in one hand 
And I thought the the live broadcast thing, I thought that was chilling. And then you see this guy and he's behind them with the gun and he and shooting them and they're screaming. I have I, I have I, when when and I'm watching that on his Twitter account. And I put my phone down and I thought I was dreaming. I'm just like, I've, this is fucking crazy. And then it only, it, well, that was, I suppose, the worst of it. Um, but then it just keeps getting weirder that now he's got this manifesto that he sent to the news. He was doing this to specifically in the aim of starting a race war. Those are his words. That's what he says. I'm inclined to believe him. You know, crazy motherfucker. Yeah, definitely. Um, but geez. But why does that never get mentioned? You know, when, the, when, when there was that kid who went into a black church and shot it up, he didn't make any manifesto about starting a race war. He just posed in front of a Confederate flag. Um, posed in front of Dixie, I should say. He did not pose in front of the Confederate flag. If you want, go back. I did a show about what the Confederate flag really is. It's a few episodes back. I think I did a good job with it, actually. So that guy, that... The guy in the picture, he was starting a race war, but the guy with the manifesto on starting a race war, nobody says a word, right? The problem, one of the many problems with this Black Lives Matter movement is that they are racists. Pure, simple, and clean cut. And here's why. Um, believe me, take them at their word when they say Black Lives Matter, which, I mean, that just offends me, right, from the beginning. I mean, doesn't, you know, every innocent human life matter equally? I mean, don't all, I don't know. I don't know what the right hashtag is. I know it's not that, but at least they're honest because they are, um, they are against police abuse, sure. Most police abuse is, well, uh, proportionally against uh, against minorities and, and blacks. But do, but they're, they're being really honest. They don't care at all when somebody who is not black is murdered by the police. They don't care because these things keep happening again and again, and they don't say shit because they really and truly don't care. These people are fucking lunatic racists. That is their main objective. That is their main agenda. I mentioned those, uh, the reporter and the cameraman who were executed on live television. Of course I mentioned, because you know, you're likely to know about it. A lot of people saw, you know, it's a chilling crazy thing that I don't know I, I've certainly never seen before in my life but you know what's funny I checked into it a little bit 
And you know what? There were um, eight other people who were murdered in America that same day. Now, you did not hear about any of those. It happened to, there happened, none of them happened to be um, killed by police that I know of. Maybe there's more than eight and maybe there wasn't, but I don't know of it. But I know there are eight. I know there are eight people who were murdered in America that same day. I guarantee you don't know a single one of their names. Um, they uh, Most of them were black, actually. I think seven out of eight of them were black. But they were killed in inner cities by other black people. Um, people being murdered by the police is an issue that I am extremely concerned about about these people who we are paying ostensibly to protect us. Although the Supreme Court has ruled that they actually don't have to, but ostensibly to keep us safe. One would think that would be the object, the, the, the main reason for police to exist. We're paying them. We're trusting them. They should be held to a higher standard than any other profession. They are held to a lower standard than the guy you're buying your French fries from. Much, much lower. And I'm really concerned about that. And I'm really angry about that. But what I'm concerned with may be different than what other people are concerned with. With the Black Lives Matter people, now, if you were to take them at their word, that they are, well, that, you know, black people not being murdered. What, what does that mean, Black Lives Matter? Well, one would think we're against black people being murdered. I mean, that would probably be right at the top of the list, right? That would be really fucking important. But they never talk at all about the way that most black lives do end. As, as a result of violence. Yes, there is a disproportionate amount of, 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 you know, mostly young black men who are killed by the police versus other people that are killed by the police. That, that is true. But it's a small percentage of when there's a violent death on a black life, it's usually by another black person who's doing the killing. If you really want to make black lives matter, if you really want them to not die, um, that's the number one issue, folks. The acceptance of violence in these communities is just staggering. Um, if you were to, you know, I'm of the opinion, um, it's not an opinion, actually, for me, this is as a fact. There is nothing. There is absolutely nothing that you could say to me um, to make me respond with violence unless it's a credible violent threat. Like if someone said to me, um, I have a gun and I'm going to take it out and shoot you and I believe he has a gun because I can see it or or I have a knife and I'm going. Okay, so those are words that I believe are going to directly lead to violence. Put that aside. Anything else, any other words that do not involve a credible violent threat, 
on, on, on me, right? You could say anything to me. And I guarantee you, I will not respond with violence because it doesn't matter. Now, what's the worst thing? You know, going back, it's, you're, you're, you're already thinking what I'm thinking. I know you are. What's the worst thing you can say to somebody? You say something bad about their mother, right? Now, I love my mother. My mother's the most important thing in the world to me. But if some stranger came up to me and said, I don't know, you think of it yourself. I'm not doing it. But think of whatever the most horrible thing that someone can say about your mother, right? I wouldn't care. And it's not because I don't love my mom and it's not because I don't care about my mom. It's because I don't care what you have to say. I don't give a fuck. You don't know my mom. You've never met my mom. I could give a fuck what you're saying because it doesn't matter to me at all. Why would I respond with violence? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Try that. Every 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 um every city in America's got a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Go ahead, try that. See what happens. You know what I'm saying here? And it's not just that. It's that there is this very bizarre, and it's not just, listen, there's a lot of white people who will result, result to violence if you say some fucked up shit about their mother, but what if you just kind of, you know, just disrespect them in a, you know, for me, it's all the same. It's all words. You know, who gives a shit? Words are, words cannot hurt me. If, they, if, if, if words can hurt you, you have a serious problem, most likely with your self-esteem or some insecurities, because a word can only hurt you if you let it. So what about the worst word, right? The worst word you can say to a black person, right? Good luck with that. You say that you will, you will, you, you might die, you know? And it's completely acceptable. There is this acceptance of violence for the initiation of violence in the black community that is more than any other, any other racial community. Um, I don't know, go to Chinatown. You say this, you know, I don't know, say, you know, I don't really like saying racist terms. So just think of, you know, a few bad racist terms you can say to a Chinese person. You know, they might yell at you or they might, honestly, they'll just walk away. They don't, they don't want to be bothered. Go to, you know, go to, uh, to, to fucking Williamsburg. Well, you know, actually a lot of the Hasidics are, are pretty, can be pretty violent, but most Jews, you say some shit to them, they're, they don't, they don't want to be involved. They, they, they're not, they're just going to walk away. But this, this, this tolerance of just violence for, for anything is completely accepted in the black community. It is a huge, huge problem. And if the Black Lives Matter people, listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about this police abuse. Fuck, I do every week, right? Yes, that should be a priority for sure. But if you re 
there has to be some kind of change to the culture if you ever expect this violence to 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 to, to, to reduce it keeps going up and up and this movement is not helping because from what i've seen they, they are they are they're they're super violent themselves they have these pro, i've seen videos i should have had one ready to link to but you can find them pretty easy they have these these uh, protests and rallies you know in, in public which i'm all for free assembly i'm all for public protest sure but they got these things and you know there'll be a white reporter who's coming to cover it and they'll throw him out which you can't do you can't throw somebody off a public sidewalk everybody has a right to be there and certainly you know i would argue a police officer can't tell you to do that a private citizen certainly cannot cannot remove another citizen from a public place it's just you can't do it but they do but they do and it's crazy and they will incite violence against somebody just trying to publicize what you're doing if you are not the right skin color you're not welcome there listen you want to have a private meeting you know rent a hotel and get a room that are in your house or shit go to a, a restaurant and, you know close it to the public and have a, that's different you can't exclude people from a public place because they're the wrong skin color um that used to happen a lot actually you remember that you remember that in the 50s and 60s when how did it come to this how did it come to this a movement that started so so right martin luther king jr what he did my god through respect, through nonviolence, through yes, civil disobedience, but 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 peaceful. What he accomplished was absolutely amazing. How did it get to this? How did it come from Martin Luther King Jr. to Black Lives Matter? Oh, the somersaults he must be doing in his grave. Oh my God, I I, I would think he would be completely disgusted at what's happening now. They are doing the same things. It's fucking Alabama, 1959, except it's just flipped the other way. What's going on today? It's crazy. And they're taking over this movement that I'm real, I got real strong feelings on, and they're ruining it. Because anyone could see, it's plain as day, they're fucking racist. But you know what's, you know what's crazy? You know, they're, 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 there's a, they're going to these, uh, well, they're doing all sorts of shit, but, you know, you know, the KKK is still around, you know, a, a fraction of, of what they used to be. They never get any media, you know, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I am absolutely fine with that. Um, They're not that different. They really aren't. If you, if you look at what they believe and you look at what they say, they're not that different. Yet this Black Lives Matter thing, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. It almost seems like, no, it's not that it almost seems like, it is. It is completely okay to be racist as long as you are a black being racist against white people. Not only will you get um, coverage in the media, you won't be criticized at all. Okay, here's a hashtag for you. Um, all racism is fucking ignorant. 
How about that for a hashtag? How did it get to how I don't I don't I don't know what I don't know how this happened. I really don't. I'm at I'm I'm really at a loss. Um Here's an intro pardon me. Here okay. Get some semblance of microphone skills and control and talk about uh You know, I, I I spend all week, I go through this, uh, I have all these stories about all this horrible police abuse, and then it gets to the point, I know a lot of people really aren't, aren't interested in this, which is, you know, why I tend to uh, keep it towards the end of the episode. And I look at the clock, and it's 1047, and then I look at my notes, and there is absolutely no way that I can get through all of this. There's just not enough time. And it always makes me sad. Now I got to, now I got to pick these things. And this is what I uh, dislike most really. Okay. Well, okay. Well, the first one I guess will be easy because um, it goes along with the, with the last, the last subject that I was covering. Um, the case of a young man who was killed by, uh, who was murdered by the police Shot in the back over a um, a drug bust that never happened. Um, the police planting drugs on him, and they did it in a fucking really weird way. All this stuff, and the police refusing to release the dash cam footage, which would have cleared them in all this. They, here we have now we have the, the the parents and witnesses saying this. This kid was of no danger. He was being shot as he was driving in the back and in the side that's supported by an autopsy. Um, and then there's people who witnessed it who said that after this happened and there was no drugs found, that an officer went to his patrol car, went into the trunk, took something out, lifted up the man's body, put it up underneath him, and and then put it down. Now, that, that, now that, that's a serious allegation, isn't it? The police, you know, planting drugs on someone they just murdered. Um, now, fortunately, there's dash cam footage of this, right? So all the police have to do to clear their names is just release the footage. Um, if these people are lying, wouldn't that be the best way to clear your officer's name? So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy case, right? Um, but you've never heard of it. And I believe the reason why you've never heard of it uh, is because the kid was white. 19-year-old white kid. I don't think you've ever heard of this. Um, you can read more about it there. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, the police, they have to release the dash cam footage. It is public property. Freedom of Information Act should be all that re is required. They won't do it. You've got this family with this kid who's never been in any, any trouble, who's dead. The autopsy shows that the police were lying. The police said they were driving right for him, and he had they had to they had to shoot him to to stop from running them over. No, the the bullets entered the kid's side and back. Okay, you know, 
And, and, the, and they never said he put the car in reverse and was going for him. No. All you have to do is release the footage, and it would silence everyone. I wonder why they're not. And I, what I don't wonder why is why Black Lives Matter. They never they didn't talk about the story because this really doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter at all. They don't care about an innocent white kid. They just don't. Um, nor do they care about an innocent black kid. Unless he was killed by the police. If he was killed by another black kid, you'll never hear about it. You'll never hear about the problem of the acceptance of violence in this culture. You'll never hear about it. Okay, so now I got to pick another one. All right, let's do this. Uh, uh, uh. Now here is an example. Now this is just police being bad police. Uh, just And just imagine... What could have happened? Imagine if this was your home. Well, a frightening wake-up call in Worcester as a SWAT team raids the wrong address there. The family living there says they are still traumatized about what happened. Paul Burton has a story. It was terrorizing. It was the most horrible thing I've ever been through in my life. I mean, I feel scared, honestly. Yeah. Marianne Diaz and her fiancé, Brian Eloquin, felt their lives were in danger. When Worcester and State Police raided their third floor apartment on Hillside Street with guns drawn. They were loud, they were very vulgar and disgusting in behavior. It happened on Wednesday around 5.30 in the morning. Bryant says he was in the bathroom getting ready for work. This whole dent is where they pushed the door in. As you can see from the photos, they kicked down the doors and raided their home. They put me in handcuffs. They were very tight, I had marks, you know. It was, it was ugly. Turns out, they were not the people police were looking for. I want some answers as to why they did this to my family and why they had to terrorize us the way that they did. It's just a horrifying scene. The family's attorney says his client's rights were violated. You can imagine 10 officers looking, pointing guns at a, at a naked woman who's 23 years old and who has, she's holding and protecting her two kids. Police have raided this third floor apartment before, but Diaz moved in here with her fiance and two children back in May. Now, the person that used to live here does have a criminal record, but Diaz and her family have never been in trouble with the law. The DA's office released a statement saying the search warrant was executed based on the best intelligence at the time. He, the target, had been in the dwelling in the days before the execution of the search warrant. He's already given the blessings that they acted on the best intelligence which is a complete joke. We want justice. I want someone to be held accountable for this. In Worcester, I'm Paul Burton, WBZ News. Okay, so they were looking for a bad guy. That's fine. Um, I mean, did they do any police work at all? The guy hasn't lived there for months. The people that live there have never been in trouble with the law and have no idea who he is. He used to live there. Now he doesn't. They moved in. They have no connection. And they just lie. They say, well, and and here's, here's all they have to do to lie. It's ugh. all they have to say and all they have said is that a confidential informant told us that the guy was there a few days ago. Now, obviously, he's a confidential informant. You don't have to say who he is. In fact, you can't. Um, they made that up. It's not true. These people had nothing to do with this guy.
They just knew, well, we've raided this place before and found them. Let's raid them again. They did no police work at all. They, they didn't even check the fucking electricity bill to see who was, in the, who was in the apartment. They had no idea who these people were. Do you know, this is information that a private investigator, any private citizen, they, I don't know, they could have just sat outside the, the, the door for a while and see who goes in and out. And they would have seen that it's these people. It's not that guy. He's not there. He hasn't been there in months. So they come in and they raid this, you know, when you are doing a full-on armored raid of a home, isn't there something you should do? Isn't there some police work you should do? I don't know about you guys. If, you know, if I hear people trying, to, you know, breaking down my front door and coming in, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm... You know, I'm a law-abiding guy. Maybe you smoke a joint now and then. That's the worst thing I do, okay? So if I hear people trying to break down my door, I am going to assume it's not the police because what the fuck have I done, right? I'm going to assume it's somebody who is trying to rob or kill me or some very bad intent. I'm going to load my gun and I'm going to shoot the first person I see, right? What would What would have happened then? in this situation. Everybody would have been dead. No, well, not, probably not the cops. All, you know, the, the, the kid, they got a seven-year-old who's got a mental disorder, uh, mental uh, disability, who's completely fucked up over this. And of course, the, the, the mother and the, and the husband. How do you not just check an electric bill? Or, I don't know, stake the, stake the place out for a day or two? See who's coming and going? I mean, the, the, just the, the 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 most elementary police work could have, and and honestly, they're very lucky. They're very lucky they weren't killed. And there's a lot of times these these things go wrong. What do we got next? I didn't label this. So I don't know what story this is. Let's listen. Apparently I didn't edit it either because this sounds like a commercial. Oh, I wouldn't click bang without this nonsense, would it? Oh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Oh shit, that's the show. <laughs> Whoops. All right, let's try this. A woman in Georgetown thinks police there used excessive force causing her harm. Now this all centers around cell phone video she had of officers while they were trying to arrest a man. LEX 18's Angie Bevan talked to the woman and police who have a different story. And they, and they kept saying, stop resisting, stop resisting. I was standing there, minding my own business, and all of a sudden I was in handcuffs. Kitty Lane was at the barber shop on Payne Avenue with her son, Joseph, and her eight-year-old grandson when they saw some commotion in the street. Well, I was in the barbershop chair, and, like, Ed was doing my hair. And, like, I noticed, like, the same thing was happening outside. Georgetown police had pulled over a man on a motorcycle they were chasing. But what the lanes say happened next concerned them. Some police, they had knocked over a, a motorcyclist and then immediately put a gun to his head. 
They ran outside and started watching. Lane's young grandson took video on her phone. She says officers approached her, wanting to see the phone, but she refused to take it out of her back pocket. He said, I need your phone. And he kind of came at me, and I, I was kind of walking back more quickly now. Lane says an officer threw her to the ground, handcuffed her, and took it anyway. Georgetown police wouldn't talk to us on camera today, but they say this case is under investigation and they tell us they don't agree with Lane's account of the story. Police say Lane put her hands on an officer first and they say the man on the motorcycle was wanted on a felony, giving them the right to seize the cell phone video. Lane says she hopes this kind of encounter is a rare one. I've raised my children here. There's fine officers in this town. That, that puts a, a mar on this town as far as their police. If they don't straighten that up, they, it, it, they're going to have a problem here. Covering the news in Scott County, Angie Bevan, LEX 18 News. Uh, first of all, before I speak about the incident, um, shame on the reporter. You know, the, the, the police make the statement um, because there was a video recording of a person committing a felony, then we have a right to take the phone and, and get the video. That's a lie. And the reporter knows that. If she doesn't, I mean, for God's sake, it's flatly. Yeah, let's let's see what happens when the police try to do that to a, a television station. Right. Take their camera. Right. They know all about this. They know that statement is false. There is not a shred of truth to that. You can record anything in a public space. And as long as you are not using the video to commit a crime yourself, they have no right to take your property, to seize it from you without first getting a warrant or a subpoena. There is a process for this, and it is not just walk up to somebody filming the police and taking their shit. It doesn't work that way. It's false, and shame on the reporter, who I know knew that and didn't include it in the story. They just let the, just let the police lie. And the police are suggesting that the woman was the one who hit the cop? Well, listen... They're standing in the parking lot of a barber sh barbershop. You, you didn't see the, the, the video or, uh, well, here's the story. You can read it yourself. Um, they're across the street from where they were apprehending, you know, whatever the guy did, you know, the, the guy in the motorcycle. I don't know what his story was. It doesn't matter. They're across the street. So how is it that they assaulted a police officer? Are you kidding? Well, how did you get there? You're saying that you crossed the street, went up to a woman who you saw was filming, and she then took the opportunity at that point to assault you? They just make this fucking shit up. It's a gross violation of their First, first and Fourth Amendment rights. And I hope they sue... Uh, nothing, uh, you know, I, I, I hope they sue, but, you know, I don't know that anything that good really comes of the shit. It's unbelievable. It's just so brazen. I mean, even the I, I, I got to think even the cop knows that's illegal, that you can't just go up to somebody who's recorded you in public and take their shit. You can't do it. It's illegal. It's massively illegal. I hope I hope they do in 1983 and I hope the cop loses his qualified immunity. Let's do this. Uh, I'll do a couple more. All right. Um, oh, here we have um, 
you know, in this day and age when you have so many states where it's actually illegal, uh, I'm sorry, actually legal at this point to, uh, to possess and use marijuana, you still, uh, you still see these stories about police doing deep cavity searches of people for, for weed. Um, this is in Texas. Uh, this woman was driving somehow, you know, they, uh, deputy, uh, pulled her over for, I think it was a running a stop sign. He said he smelled marijuana, uh, handcuffed her woman, uh, searched her car for an hour. So already, I mean, this is already ridiculous. You've got somebody sitting in a, in a police car in handcuffs for an hour after a traffic stop because he smelled marijuana, right? And didn't find any. Then he went back to his car and he said he smelled marijuana again. And then they conducted a cavity search. Um, the police officer pulled her pants down. Um, well, first they asked for to, to search. She declined and... Uh, the police then, while she was handcuffed, uh, bent her over, pulled down her pants, pulled off her underwear, and began to uh, go into her vagina and search her. Um, you might not be surprised that this woman... Listen, that's rape. I'm sorry. That's just rape, Okay. Just because it's done with somebody with a badge, when somebody handcuffs you, pulls your pants down, and sticks their hand in your vagina, is there any other word for it? I mean, that's rape. Uh, she stood up and protested where she was then thrown to the ground and then held down by other officers. Um, they had one officer, they had four officers, one holding each arm, uh, one each limb, one on arm, arm, leg, leg. So you have four cops holding her down. And then the fifth cop searching her vagina. Um, this is over marijuana? You're doing this to somebody? Really? 2015. I mean, I know it's Texas and all, but... Even if they... Even if you find something, Right? I mean, can't you just have a little bit of humanity? Listen, she ran the stop sign. Fine. Give her a ticket for the stop sign. You smell marijuana? Okay. So you search the car for an hour. Isn't that enough? Okay. I mean, is it really worth it? I mean, how much marijuana can you fucking, can you fit in a vagina would it even be worth it at that point? Is it really that important to bust somebody for pot? To have four cops holding her down, pulling her panties down and going, is it worth it even at that point? Isn't it just time? Just call it a day. Right, you know? Just write the write the write the the, the, the stop sign ticket. Just call it a day. Is there any amount of marijuana that you could find that would really make that justifiable? Huh. 
Yeah, and as far as I know, they didn't find any. So, there's your war on drugs working hard for you. Rape. Straight up fucking rape. And last but not least, let's not forget that teachers can be really stupid too. Here is a story about um, a seven-year-old child. Now, the seven-year-old child, um, while at recess, I believe, they were talking about God. I don't remember having these conversations. You know, you know, maybe I do. Seven years old. So seven, what is that? Second grade? First or second grade, right? I don't know. For some reason, the kids were talking about God. Now, this one kid... Oh, you know what they were doing? They're, I think they were, they, uh, this is what it was. The kids were talking about going to church and some of the other children asked the seven-year-old girl uh, what church she went to. And she said, I don't go to church because I don't believe in God. Now you might expect this to lead to some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of picking on or bullying by children because kids are kids, whatever. It could happen. But no, that's not what this is about at all. Now, the teacher found out that this child said, I don't go to church because I don't believe in God. The teacher's reaction to that was to separate this seven-year-old kid, this first or second grader, separate them, separate her from the rest of her, 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 um, her class. For three days, she was forced to sit at a table by herself at lunch. Do you know what this does to a seven-year-old kid? Kid did nothing wrong. And the, 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 the teacher should have no interest in this whatsoever. Whether that kid is Jewish, Catholic, Muslim, atheist, Hindu, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, whatever. It's none of your business at all in any way, shape, or form, let alone imposing a three-day punishment. What does it, what does it, that sends a pretty strong message to the rest of the kids too. I mean, you're a seven-year-old kid. What are you going to, you know, the rest of the kids who weren't punished, who were watching this happen for three, what message does that send to them? Well, that if you meet somebody who's an atheist, well, shit, you can do all sorts of, you know, it's, that it's wrong to be an atheist, that it's, that it's wrong and it's, and it's punishable. It gives them full license. Forget, a, forget about the teasing. That's just going to encourage the kids to be even more, more fucked up with it. I mean, it, it just leaves me speechless that, 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 a, that a teacher hired and paid by the state doesn't know this. That there is no teaching or judgment of religion in school. How do you not know this? I, I really wonder if she'll lose her job. I don't know. Uncle Abe.